It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, it's good to come together with people that want to have a real prayerful spirit and that are willing to come to God's house, willing to pray over needs, willing to pray for their country. And, and uh, we need to be praying continually for our president. And uh, we need to pray for our former president. We need to pray for everybody. Amen. Praying always. Well, you know, as I was praying and seeking the face of God, the Lord began to put in my spirit what we need more of than ever before. We are living in a time of sp a spiritual warfare where this month we've been, or last month, we entered into fasting and praying and seeking the face of God. And as you know, the forces of darkness seem like they're becoming greater and greater all the time. And that's when the church have to go up another notch. That's when the church has to pray maybe a little bit more. And that's where we might have to dig a little bit deeper in getting into that fasting and praying and really searching the heart of God and searching the will of God for our nation. And so the Lord began to talk to me about the benefits of praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And the Lord began to challenge me to challenge you that if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, amen, it was commanded, amen, that the apostles not leave Jerusalem until they had this precious gift, amen, the baptism of the Holy Ghost that would give them power. For I read a couple of scriptures tonight, starting with the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, and then going to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. And they were all, everybody say all, Amen. How many did God want to baptize in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? All. Amen. It should have been over 500 because 500 had heard what the Lord had said, but 500 didn't show up. But 120 were praying. They were in a place of unity. They were in a place of prayer in that upper room. And when God came down, read the whole book, amen, the, that second chapter of the book of Acts, and read the whole thing. <laughs> but read that second chapter and all what happened where they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And then I turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. And really I look at this as a command, not as a suggestion, but he said, first of all, Paul says, pursue love. And then he said, desire spiritual gifts. Amen. He didn't say, well, if you really want to, because he knew the powers that the church was going to be facing. He knew the type of warfare that they were going to be getting into. He knew the witchcraft and all types of things that were going to have to go beyond just normal speaking and, and the normalcy of the day that they were going to need the supernatural power of God. And he says, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue... Or unknown tongue does not speak to men, but they speak to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Lord, I thank you for the Word of God tonight. I thank you for the teaching that I believe that you're going to use tonight to help people to get deeper and to win the many battles that they're going to face this year. That they're going to be able to get up and testify the goodness of you and what you have done in their lives, and Lord, all the weapons that have been used through their lives. For we give you the praise, and we thank you for the anointing. And everybody said, Amen. Speaking in an unknown tongue. 
When you speak in an unknown tongue, it is a tongue that is unknown to you. It can be a heavenly language. It could be like tongues of angels that Paul had talked about. It could be any language here on this earth, but it is unknown unto you. Speaking in an unknown tongue is a supernatural manifestation given by the Spirit where a tongue or language unknown to someone speaks out of his spirit man, which are spiritually pure and perfectively aligning himself with the will of God. You know, I've had people during my lifetime and as pastoring and as an evangelist say, well, how do you start out in the morning? How do you approach God? Well, you know, David in the Old Testament, he talked about, I will enter, amen, with thanksgiving. I will enter with praise. I will enter. I've had a lot of people to come up sometimes in a revival that I was preaching and say, okay, I want the baptism. And their hands are down. They're not praying. They're not doing anything. Well, that's not the way that you enter. That's not the way that you really desire spiritual gifts. You need to have a hunger, and also you need to have desire. But what I do in the mornings is I first worship the Lord. I first give Him praise and give Him glory, give Him honor. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, when there was at least Jewish men that came there on that day, that Pentecostal festival, and they heard at least... Uh, uh, the men and women that were in the upper room speaking their languages, 16 different languages, and they said that they were magnifying the Lord. So it kind of goes right into the sequence. When I start out, I begin to worship the Lord. Amen. Setting the tone, entering into a deeper special rim. Along with worship, I give God thanks. Amen. This world has got where they are because they have become unthankful. And, and when you become unthankful, it's not long. You forget what God has done in your life. And then you forget that there is even a God. But I give God thanks, showing appreciation with a humble spirit. And then I pray in English concerning the needs that I know of. When I come up here and I pray, I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray for many of the needs that I know of in this church. I pray for those that are in authority. I pray for ministers and so many, my family. I pray for all of those. But all of a sudden, I began by a supernatural act of God. I began to speak in tongues. And there are times I know that I'm interceding. Sometimes when I'm praying in tongues, I know that I'm glorifying God. Sometimes when I'm talking in tongues, I know that there's a burden for somebody somewhere that I don't know about. But as I am praying in tongues... Amen. My spirit is praying perfectly, maybe even mentioning the name of the person and mentioning the event in which they are going through. So the enemy has tried to stop or hinder this deep manifestation in many ways. Amen. Number one is persecution. Persecution. Back many years ago, Pentecostals were really persecuted. They had eggs thrown at them, rocks thrown at them. They, it was horrible things that were really done <laughs> To, to a lot of people way back then. Even my wife, Tanine, she when she was going to school, there was a teacher that was against Pentecost. And so she would try to do everything she could to give her a lower grade. She was persecuted. Amen. And other ways that the devil has fought this wonderful gift is through misinformation on the lack or the lack of understanding in scriptures. And, and so... One of the scriptures that we read is 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. 
that many have approached me with that says love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, and that's what they're talking about, they will cease. And so, so there are many denominations that have said that when the Word of God finally came to the church, which was very late, amen, the apostles were preaching things that the Holy Spirit would bring to their remembrance, and it was a good while before the whole church had the Word of God. But a lot of denominations will say that when the Word of God came into possession of the church, there was no need of tongues. Amen. So really, amen, there was no need of the manifestation of the Spirit. There was no really need of the supernatural. Let me tell you something. When you're facing witchcraft, when you're facing demonic power, you're going to need something to not just match that, but to outmatch that and overpower that in the name of Jesus. And so some of the scriptures that say sometimes use are this one right here, uh, that tongues are going to cease. Tongues are going to cease, but they need to read the next scripture. But it says here in 1 Corinthians, amen, 13 and verse, uh, verse 10, it says, and when that which is perfect has come, amen, talking about Jesus and his coming, it says, then that which is in part will be done away with. Well, when you have a glorified body and have a glorified mind, and, and when you know everything, you're, gonna, you're not going to do it that way anymore. You're still going to worship. You're still going to go before the throne of God. There's a lot of good things there in store, but when everything is perfect in our lives, you're not going to need to do that anymore. You're going to worship the Lord. You're going to still go to the throne. We're going to, amen, worship for no telling how many years before going back to our mansion or whatever. But that's some of the scriptures that people really bring out. And there are some people that confuse the gift of speaking in tongues with the gift of tongues. Amen. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, like they were in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, I spoke in tongues. Amen. When you speak in tongues, you, you edify yourself. But there is a gift. Amen. One of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit where you have heard it in this church, and thank God you have heard it in this church, where somebody very loudly will come open and, and give a message in tongues and then somebody will rise and interpret. And that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and so there, there are some that will confuse that and they'll read this other scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 and 30 and say, do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? And I've had some to say, aha, there it is. Not everybody speaks in tongues, even if it was tongues. And I said, not everybody has the gift of tongues. Not everybody's going to stand in a congregation and give a message in tongues, and then there is an interpretation of tongues. So praying in the Spirit or in a tongue unknown to us has many benefits. How many of you want benefits? Amen. When, when, when the government gives out those checks, amen, is everybody going to sign that check? Is everybody going to welcome that $1,000? Amen. Well, why don't the church welcome every benefit that God would have for them? Every benefit that the Holy Ghost wants to fill us with, wants to use us with, we need to take those benefits. Amen. Nobody sends it back to the government unless they're pretty rich. But here within the Bible we read here, amen, that praying in the Spirit or in an unknown tongue, amen, has those benefits. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 6, 
We, we, we have studied it and we see how a large crowd of people heard a great sound in that upper room and they heard them speak in their own language and they said, well, these people don't even speak in our language. How can this be? And Peter said, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. There, amen, read it for yourself. Then in the last day saith God that I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh. Amen, sons and daughters, everybody, this is that. And then he began to talk about how Jesus died on the cross, how he was crucified, and what happened. Amen, well, then they got under conviction. What does this gift do? This gift also brings people to Jesus. Amen. If there's ever been a time you say, well, I, can I just testify? Yes, you can testify. We ought to testify. We ought to tell people about what God has done in our heart and God has saved our lives. But they also need to see the supernatural at times. And there are some people that it's hard to win them over. And God has used tongues also. For the Bible tells us here that there were several thousand people that came close and several thousand people that were saved and baptized that day. And the Bible says here, Amen. Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. To all those thousand. Amen. That's what he told them. And so we see that it's not just a sign to the believer, it's a sign to the unbeliever. We see so much of the supernatural today. We see it through witchcraft. Amen. One of the great satanic priests of of this nation once one time said that he appreciated one of his favorite heroes was Walt Disney and everybody man thought Walt Disney what what did he have to do with your church he said because he brought several uh, generations into the the mysticalism of uh, of, of, of magic and the supernatural. My friend, it's time for the church to show our young people the supernatural. It's time that they just don't get it from Disney, that they don't just get it from a Disney, a movie or another movie. It's time for them to see the supernatural mighty power of God. So as you pray in the Spirit in tongues, you will be edified, meaning to be strengthened. How many of you need to be strengthened? And, and, you know, I, I, I've had, you know, I'm not saying that you can't be strengthened if you haven't baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there's something about that depth. There's something about that inner power. For the Bible says, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Now, I love the word be because God is interested in what you be. He's, he's more interested in what you be than almost what you're doing. What you be, what God makes of you, what God plants inside your heart is how God is going to use you. And first, if we find out that, amen, that Peter uh, began to talk to them more about this. Amen, has many benefits. After the loss, we find out that it strengthens, as I said. The 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, he who speaks in an unknown tongue or tongue edifies himself. And I like edification. Everybody likes edification. But there's nothing like, amen, receiving the touch of God. There you are sometimes, you're weak. I hear so much about discouragement. When I was a pastor, so many said, well, I'm discouraged, I'm discouraged, I'm discouraged. And, and I, wonder, I wonder how long they really spent in prayer 
not only speaking in English, but praying in tongues. It will strengthen you. It will strengthen the inner man of you. It will help you to rise up in the time of turmoil, in the time where everybody else is discouraged around you. Amen. The Holy Ghost wants to do a great work in your life. For as you pray in the Spirit in tongues, your faith will be built up and strengthened even more. Amen. The Bible says in the last days there will be people that will turn away from the faith. And you know what? Amen. There's a lot of ways that you can give the advantage to the devil. There are people that are not reading their Bible. There are people that are not praying even in English. I don't have time. And that's a lie. Amen. we got to make time. If we really value it and if we want to be more than an overcomer, we must make time. And so as you pray in tongues, amen, you will, amen, all of a sudden, amen, in Jude 1 and 18 it says, and, and they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions and, having, and not having the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourselves up, it's the devil's will to tear you down. It's the devil's will to try to get you to not do the things that will build you up because, my friend, when you're built up, you're going to tear him down. And we need the devil to come down. We need principalities to come down. We need, we need powers uh, that come against our lives to come down. And so when we see this, it says, it says here, and, and I lost my place. Hmm. All right. Amen. It says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Building up means to build upon something that already has a foundation. Amen. We're already saved through Christ's blood, through His grace. Amen. Praying in the Spirit supernaturally increases our faith and can assist in overpowering the thoughts of unbelief that try to enter our minds like fiery darts. And the Lord spoke of that. As you pray in the Spirit in tongues, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray in God's will. How many of you know that sometimes people do not pray according to the will of God? And sometimes prayers are not answered because we're not praying in the will of God. Well, one good thing about praying in the Holy Spirit is that your prayer person inside, your, the man, the real spiritual man, prays perfectly because it's the Holy Spirit that is praying through him. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, For he who speaks in a tongue, or unknown tongue, does not speak to men but to God, and no one understands him. How about in the Spirit he speaks mysteries or secret things? But, you know, the, the Lord reveals things to us. The Bible says that there are times that we can pray in the Spirit, and we can also seek for the interpretation. And there are times that God's revealed to me who it was I was praying for. He has revealed to me what it was that I was really burdened for at that hour. And, and so he, he begins to speak, amen, and do those things through us. As the Spirit gives the utterance to speak in another language, it is used to supersede our natural limitations. And, and that's, that's the roadblock between many people today is they're trying to understand the Word in a natural way. They're trying to understand the Word, uh, 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 maybe according to tradition, but according maybe to denomination, and, and it's a big roadblock, amen, to their heart. And they just can't really, they just can't understand it sometimes. They, 
they, they, they don't understand it. I had a man one time to get in my face that was a non-Pentecostal and he was a preacher of the gospel. He said, I just don't understand what it is about these tongues. And I mean, he got close. And I said, well, that's your problem. You don't understand. You know, people with their mind have set up roadblocks. Well, I just don't fully understand it. I wonder if it is for me. I wonder, well, if you're going to seek for God's will, look into God's word and you will find God's will. In the book of Romans 8 and 20 says, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps uh, in our infirmities. The King James Version says that. I'm preaching from the New King James. And it says weaknesses. Weaknesses. That's what it really is. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So God looks at us, and he knew it when he left, that he, you needed another helper. You needed another comforter. That there were things that you would not understand. Sometimes about God. Sometimes about his will. Sometimes about what is going on around you in your lives. But that's why he sent the comforter. It helps us in our weaknesses. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. To the will of God. W.E. Vine says this. Amen. It refers to that which is outside the range of unassisted natural uh, apprehension. And there are a lot of things that people do not comprehend today because maybe they're spiritual babes or maybe they're in a rut. Amen. Spiritually. Maybe their church is really dead. I tell you, I had the opportunity to be under a Pentecostal minister that was used in the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, it opened up my eyes for ministry. It helped me in my beginning ministry. It is helping me today in this ministry. Amen. The things that I don't understand, the things that I don't comprehend, the things that I come up against that seem like it's too hard for me, the Holy Spirit makes a way. He makes a way. He makes a way. Hallelujah. He helps us to pray for unknown needs. Now, when I come up here and I begin to pray, I pray for what I know. But there's a lot of people out there that are fixing to die, fixing to get in a car wreck, or there's someone that is in China, there's someone in Brazil, and we don't have people in all those places that we know. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, it will begin to pray through my heart. And God will give me a burden. And there are times I know when I'm magnifying God, there are times I know when I have a burden for people or a certain person, I don't know their name. Amen. I don't know their situation, but I'll be pleading the blood and I'll be rebuking the devil. Amen. I feel like in tongues over them. And I feel like when the Holy Spirit is kind of lifted a little bit, I, I feel good that the need has been met and the person has been delivered. So there's unknown needs unknown needs when you are praying in tongues the holy spirit is enabling you to pray beyond as i said beyond your mental capacity or your natural minds amen see do you see what god wants to do in our lives why god wants to baptize us in the holy spirit as you pray in the spirit in tongues the holy spirit brings us into a deeper level of intimacy with god a deeper intimacy with god Amen. And he loves that. It brings a supernatural rest and refreshing to one's lives. I hear so many people say, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And, 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 and if I go into prayer 
they look at it as something that is tiring. But you know what? Years and years ago, when revivals went, four weeks, six weeks, you know, my grandfather had to walk each night of service four miles with my mother on his shoulders. And sometimes they would shout to 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, go home. Sometimes the rooster would be crowing, and he would put on his plow boots. You know, I, I think the devil has really lied to us. And yes, there is energy, amen, that is used when we began to worship the Lord and all, but the devil's telling us that we don't have the time. What it is, he doesn't want us to get the rest. Amen, he doesn't want us to get the rest. Isaiah 28, amen, says it like this. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And he was talking about how Pentecost was really going to come and how he was going to refresh the body of Christ. And lastly, it's so important and needed in spiritual warfare. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You've heard it many times. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. You know that speaking in tongues is needed in spiritual warfare. And sometimes I, I haven't heard some Pentecostal pastors really mentioning this when they take about, talk about the whole armor of God. Do you know that sometimes going out with just a couple pieces of the armor of God doesn't make it? Amen. One is dependent on the other. First of all, it speaks of truth. Everything goes back to truth. I don't know if it was Brother Randy or Brother Miller, amen, that said that everything goes back to truth. Everything goes back to truth. Everything is judged by God's truth. Amen. And, and, and so the Bible says here, Take up the whole armor of God. That's something that we have got to do. We can say, Lord, we can say, now it's, it's up to you. We're going to put this in your hands. And there are people that have died, I believe, prematurely. All right. Amen. And, and, and sometimes, yes, you have, when you've done all that you can do, you put it in God's hands. But I think it's just a lazy remark. Amen. Well, I'm just going to put it in your hands. It's like on Facebook sometimes. Yeah, I'm praying. <laughs> Amen. I'm praying. I really wonder how many are really praying. But the Bible talks about, amen, in, in the whole armor of God, about truth, about the breastplate of righteousness and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and, and all of that. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, praying always with all prayer, with all types of prayer, and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. I want to close tonight with a story that I heard not long ago. And it came from a pastor that really was pastoring. He took a, a small church running about 65 in St. Louis, Missouri. And there were around five Pentecostal churches in the area, and there were more churches, but there were five Pentecostal churches there. And the family was constantly harassed. There were satanic emblems that were being painted on their church and on their church van, and even on their parsonage, there were people that were calling them up in the 
middle of the night and, and awaking them, and they did everything they could to try to run them out of town. And the pastor called a prayer meeting, and it was a long prayer meeting. And they got together, and he said, we've got to do something about it. This Just the average type of prayer is not getting it. We're going to have to get into some deep spiritual warfare. And they began to pray, and they kept on praying. And after five years, it seemed like things let up. Amen. People stopped calling, and a lot of things quit. Their church was really growing. And a few years later, when this pastor was preaching a meeting, there was a woman that came up and said, I think I know you. Do you did you pastor in this area of St. Louis? And he said, yes. And, he, and she began to reminisce about the, the looks and, and everything of the church. He said, yeah, that's the very church I pastor. Wow, here I am in a different city. And she said, well, let me tell you the story. Because I was a member, amen, of the Church of Satan. The headquarters, I worked in the headquarters of the Church of Satan there in San Francisco. Amen, that doesn't surprise me in San Francisco. And she said, we came into many of your churches in the area. And there were some churches we walked out. We already had the battle won because they fought things in the natural instead of the supernatural. I'm not saying because a person hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit can't live for God. And I'm not saying that their prayers can't be answered. And I'm not saying that they can't defeat the devil because I know so many people that have not this gift that are living a good Christian life. They said we bombarded, we bombarded, we bombarded and finally... After five years, we gave up. In fact, we were going to move our headquarters into your area. Amen. Big buildings. But we couldn't do it. And what we found out was these churches were strong in the spirit and praying in that unknown tongue. It was the Pentecostal churches, amen, that defeated us from coming into that area. And let me, let me read, I think, just a quote of what she said. It says, I and many others were sent to drive you and five other Pentecostal churches out where we were going to relocate our satanic headquarters in your area. But we found out that the unknown tongues you spoke in had binding effects upon us to do our work, and finally, we gave up. There are so many good benefits after you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that, that is just the beginning. There are so many other things. And I really feel that in our spiritual warfare, amen, that we cannot go on in a casual way. Amen, we have been living in Poplar Bluff, but I tell you, the devil has really been coming to Poplar Bluff, and he's been doing it. He's been secretly coming in for, for a good while now until he tries to become a stronghold. And I want to challenge you that if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, to seek out the brothers here and sisters that will pray with you, believe God with you, because there's one thing the devil don't want you to have, amen, salvation most of all, but he doesn't want you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to where you are not limited and where you can go further, amen, than what the natural, amen, can take you. Amen, would you stand with me, please? And we want to go to God in prayer. And I want us to pray for our nation. I want us to pray, amen, for former president, president, 
Amen. You know, I, I told someone, someone came up to me and they were very negative about our, our present president. And I said, wouldn't it be neat? Wouldn't it be neat? You know, everybody in the liberals have put so much on his shoulders to get so many things done. He's, he's got a lot of things done. Wouldn't it be something if God saved him, baptized him in the Holy Ghost? Woo, man. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a turnaround? Let me tell you what. I'm not giving up on President Biden. And I've been sick in the Holy Ghost on him every day. Amen. I don't care where he is. He cannot hide. And I've been praying. I've been seeking the face of God. Amen. And we should pray for him. We should pray for his heart. We should pray for his wife and his family. Why? <laughs> the Bible says we can lead a more peaceful life. Amen. If somebody could start up maybe a little music. Brother Randy, do you have anything else? Amen. I want you to really pray about I want you to pray for others. Also tonight, oh God, whoever is in this church, outside this church, help me to lead them to the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence and speaking other tongues. Lord, help them to get the advantages, oh God, that God wants them to have. Oh, in the name of Jesus, would you come right now?